All right. So on the mind of a football coach podcast today, we have my brother Caleb Davis on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast here in my uh, fancy principal office. It is quite <laughs> fancy. Very, very fancy. Oh, man. I don't know if it's fancy or uh, it's just the only office I've had as a as an administrator, so I don't know better yet. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Um, but yeah, well, welcome. Welcome on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's uh, a little colder up here than it is in uh, old Florida. But, uh, oh, yeah, I can only only imagine. Well, I mean, it was we've had the Arctic air stuff. So, I mean, it's it's been cold everywhere. I feel like on the East Coast. Yeah, our version of cold was it was below freezing for like 12 hours. And most people in Florida lost their minds. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad. Yeah, and then come up here and it's there's snow on the ground and oh yeah, uh, yeah it's I mean from growing up in Florida snow any anytime there's snow on the ground it's it's going to be different. Yeah, I mean we were flying in we flew to Pittsburgh and uh, Lily looking out the window uh, was loving loving it that was the coolest thing ever. Like there's white everywhere. Oh my god, yes yes there is. Yeah, it's called snow <laughs> and uh, we get that a lot up here in North Central West Virginia. And yeah, there's still some on the ground, even though it's warming up a little bit. Yeah, that and y'all's deer population is high. I yeah, think I, I think I saw like about 50 on the way here. Yeah, and they, I think they have actually extended the deer season because there's so many deer that we're trying to kill, uh, kill some of them off, but we have not killed that many, I guess. I guess not. There's still a ton. Yeah. So. Last time you were on the podcast, I believe you were still at Uleaf, I'm not mistaken. Possibly, I'm, Possibly. I'm not sure. Um, but you were talking, no, actually, I think you had just left. You were talking about your offensive philosophy and things of that nature. Uh, but go ahead and catch the listener up a little bit about where you are uh, today, and then we'll we'll go from there. Sure. So in August, I took the job as a, the athletic director at a, a small private school uh, called Old Plank Christian Academy in Jacksonville, Florida. Um been fun. So it was actually my first job out of college. I taught there for uh, two years, uh, taught math. Um, I was the head football coach there for one year. Mm. And then obviously then took the took the Yuli job after that. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been good. I don't I don't teach any classes. I'm just the athletic director. Um, like quote unquote class I have is after school weights mm. is the only thing I'm really responsible for as far as classroom wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you were there as a football coach. They were eight-man football. Still are eight-man football. Still correct? are eight-man football, yeah. Our, our enrollment uh, for the entire uh, school is like 385, but that's like babies to 12th grade. Sure. So okay. our, I mean, our graduating class of seniors this year will be, you know, 25 to 27 kids. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, football team did good this year. Um, we're physical, uh, played hard. We went seven and two, won our district. Um, lost in the, I don't know what that was, the regional final. Uh, we were in the final, final four, I mm -hmm. think. Um, yeah, I mean, our kids played hard. It was, uh, it was tough. We, we lost that game. It was a home game for us. And, uh, I think our entire team had the flu that week. So, we were, mm. and we lost by about, I think we lost by 12 and, uh, you know, would have, could have, should have, could mm -hmm. we have played better if our entire offensive line wasn't running like 101 fever. Um, so. uh, yeah, I think you, they probably play a little better, as you said. <laughs> yeah, quarterback 
uh, tight end, offensive line. Yeah, I think we had like I think legitimately we had one starter that didn't have the flu. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was an interesting interesting game. I even had the flu. I watched the game uh, from our live stream. Oh geez. Yeah, it was the whole school had it. So. Mm. That's always fun. I'm looking at your website here. It's cool. I like your colors. What, what do you call it? Maroon. Yeah. I so guess. like maroon, black, gray, white. In, in my opinion, we're Mississippi State ish color wise. Um, oh, that makes sense. So okay. that's just kind of and that was the, that when the school started, it was that it was that way. So mm-hmm. I haven't had to touch any of that the uh, the time before when I was there and now back. They've really and the school's doubled in size since I was there last. Which is crazy to think how small it really was. Yeah, that is crazy to think about. So private school athletics, I've been a coach in that world, and uh, maybe one day I'll be back in that world. Who knows? Uh, there's there's a lot of positives about private school athletics. I would like you to kind of go into what do you think are some positives and why that's that's a better choice for parents as opposed to you know, maybe, maybe a public school. Or well, a charter school down there as well. Well, for for us, and it's like I don't, I I don't like being political. I just heard it enough in our admissions office that um. So I'm, I'm in Duval County, and there was um, the work Christian school. So obviously we have our set of beliefs and morals and ethics that mm-hmm. we are going to stand by. So that makes us a little bit different than just a regular private school. Um, but Duval County really started to push uh. There are lots of different genders and you can go and whatever and do whatever kind of thing. And I think a lot of parents uh, got uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. That's helped our enrollment um, in a way that I've heard multiple parents come in and say, I really appreciate that you teach that there are only two genders and that there is an appropriate bathroom. Um, I guess they must have had some interesting conundrums in the public school sector, um, but I don't want to stay on that. I think the the benefits of a of a small private school is you know the the relationships you get to build because it is a small tight knit community mm-hmm. um i mean like our our cafeteria is um run by like three or four ladies that are like essentially grandmas like they home cook meal kids for their home cooked meals for the kids every day mm-hmm. that's what lunch is it's it's a smaller family um community and then as far as it, it being an option for your kids I mean, there's several really good private schools in Jacksonville that we compete against um, as far as for kids. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of good options, and I, I think we're just we're one of them. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'll talk to people here in West Virginia about private school and private school athletics, and there's we have a private school here in town, but it doesn't go up to high school, mm-hmm. and there's a Catholic school in Weston that goes up to I think eighth grade now, but there's just not the population in this area for mm. private schools. But Jacksonville, that's a totally different game. It is, and it's almost <clears throat> private schools have capitalized on. I mean, Duval County Public Schools has have gotten a lot better. Mm. But whenever like we were in school, I think it was an F district for like seven or eight straight years. I mean, it was like. Mm-hmm. It was bad. So therefore, it was kind of like the parents that could afford for their kids to get out of that environment, got them out. Mm-hmm. And then now those kids are having kids and it just kind of kept keeps it rolling um, as far as the loyalty to whatever program you choose um, in the area. But also, I think Jackson was just different. 
um, I don't mean to be offensive, but it's different socioeconomically. There are parts of our city that are extremely wealthy. I mean, and they've got kids. They're sending to schools for $30,000 a year. Now, not where I work, mm-hmm. but um, that that does exist in the state of Florida. That does exist in the city of Jacksonville. There are um, uh, there are schools that, that charge that. But also the state has rolled out, talking about charter schools, but they've also rolled out a thing called Step Up. So if you're a family that you make $120,000 a year or less, which is the vast majority of the population, Mm -hmm. they will give you uh, a scholarship for X amount. And a lot of the smaller private schools set their tuition right at that amount. So therefore, really, you're going to private school for free. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of also the economic hurts that the state has Mm -hmm. helped with. Essentially, you're pulling your own tax money out from public school and put it in private school, which therefore hurts the public schools and doesn't really help them either that's definitely not a perfect system Mm -hmm. we have something like that here that is being ironed out i forget what they call it but there's a system to where if you were if your child was in public school and you want to go to private school you can do that now you can't get it at the moment if your child was already home if your child was homeschooled or in private school Mm -hmm. Uh, but in florida that they've been doing that kind of voucher system for for a while yeah and then like you talk about homeschool like talk about a different animal now like covid kind of made everyone homeschoolers for a while mm-hmm. and now it's like we still have kids so we take homeschoolers as athletes mm-hmm. we have kids that were previous students that have stayed homeschooled or we have kids that are tired of being homeschooled and are now coming back and so mm-hmm. that's the homeschool thing's a whole different dynamic so we have to be sensitive to our roster like we want to allow more than one third of our roster to be homeschool kids but that's not fair to the kids that are actually in our hallways that are paying tuition that are paying tuition yeah. like i'm like boys i think i could be a, a fourth and i would think it might be offended and, and, and really we don't we don't have an issue with that we don't i think uh yeah I, we don't it doesn't run that close for us we don't have that many homeschoolers but mm-hmm. there are schools within our league that it's an issue like for them just because it's it's hard for you know either smaller schools that we play, even which is hard to imagine, even smaller than we do. Mm-hmm. And the field teams, they need homeschoolers. And I understand that. So it doesn't bother me. I, they're, you know, they need a place to play, let the kids play. But yeah, we don't let the state of West Virginia, they don't let homeschool kids play sports. You have really? to be, you have to be enrolled in like a certain number of classes. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. what a work for Tebow here then. Well, <laughs> and I think it's, it may have even been called here the Tebow rule or something like that. I forget. Like or it was referenced as that. I'm sure it wasn't in, you know, code. That that wasn't yeah. the name of the rule. But there's been talk about that, and I can see that happening uh, with the way our legislators set up. I could see them saying, "Somebody's homeschooled. You have to let them play at the at the public right. school." So what about are y'all like? I mean, again, you're in a single school county, but like for the county, is it open? Is it open in West Virginia? Like as far as the transfer stuff. Because it's a little bit, because I look, cause I'm in a city that's got, you know, 40 high schools in it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could literally play football at one, play basketball at another, play baseball at another, and no one's saying a word. It's not as rampant okay. in West Virginia. Uh, the transfer portal is always open in certain parts of the states, is the, is the joke. Kanawha County is probably the place where well, that yeah, happens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the biggest connotation of people. And that's what we have like are convincing the people like we have that in Jacksonville. Like, I mean, it's literally, there are kids that like play baseball at one school and play football at another school. And like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I just think it's wild. So, I mean, one of the reasons I really enjoy 
being a, a principal and being a football coach in Upshur County is because there is no transfer portal. It's so nice. Uh, and I say that in jest. Obviously, there's not a transfer portal for high school athletes in West Virginia. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just the, hey, I want to pick up and move for whatever reason. And the places I was at in Kanawha, in Kanawha County, it was, I was, I like projects. So I like programs that it's, they have, they've been down for one reason or the other. And well, what happened to us was, especially at Nitro, was we would take players that had not had the success they wanted at bigger schools, come to us, they become all conference players, they become all state players, and then they get their shine and they leave. And they go back to where they came from because now that coach thinks they can play because they got they played well for us and we spent all this time developing them then they poof see you later so i got really tired of that personally because it's yeah we're you, developing you, these you guys juco yeah that's well i mean yeah my, the joke was I, I would tell people we're the feeder school to other school we were the feeder school so this okay. kid had not, either not played football at all or he left the school because he wasn't playing very much and he then he'd come to play well for us then that school I'm not saying the coach of the school is recruiting right. but like his, his people there his, his friends yeah, his yeah. uncles or whatever and then yeah oh you you got your shine at nitro and so now you can go back i mean we lost numerous starters in my time there with that i mean guys that should, would have been all state caliber players uh, i truly believe we were a playoff team we kept everybody in 19 um for the 19 season, uh, yeah. but people leave because you can there and nobody's checking that. Like, no. Did they really move? No. Um, and that can, that can, That's every state, man. No yeah. one's really policing it. Like they can talk about it all they want, but they like who's actually policing it. Like we had a kid, we had a kid at Yuli that was like proof in text messages, fully recruited by another coaching staff. Like mm -hmm. no doubt under any circumstances, was that not recruiting violation? Call the FHSAA. And they, their answer was, well, it's the summer. Right, so rules don't apply. To, so should we have been recruiting this entire summer? My, I misunderstood the rules. Right, yeah. Like, I, oh. I had a player one year in the Canal Valley text me and said, Coach, will you please call this coach at this other program and, and tell him to quit calling me? Uh, and so I did. And I didn't send it to SSAC. Because they're – the SSAC, their hands are kind of tied with that. So unless a principal of a school turns – Somebody, somebody in, in. Yeah. it's so i'm not I, I the ssac is doing everything they can to make it an even playing field as much as possible but that's not their it's not their role right it's right. not their role in our state that's not their role mm -hmm. uh but yeah i mean the transfer portal thing for public schools to me blows my mind i mean i understand as a private school you want to attract people like i understand that but as yeah. a public school I mean, come on, <laughs> we're, we're all we all got we're all doing the same thing here. Yeah, no, I, I didn't realize it existed as heavily as it did exist until I worked in a public school um, for the for time I did. Um, it's the same everywhere, mm -hmm. which is we're just there's so many there's a competition for kids. And what do you have that's better right. for that kid? Uh, and there's a legitimate competition for for kids as many as are in our area. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, and I'm not trying to bash the FHSAA. Like, just again, we yeah, you can't control all of it. It's not their fault. No, it's this There's legislation has opened kids. up that kids can move to and from schools, and therefore, 
it is what it is. They did a good job setting up RJ championships. Absolutely, they did a good job doing lots of other things. Absolutely, they do. Um, it's just, it, I think the legislative stance on open school and open county and open border has tied their hands with a lot of things, and they just there's not mm-hmm. much they can do about it. Um, which again, that's not their fault. That's just they have to do what they can do. I, I like how people say West Virginia is 20 years behind other places, and I love that. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, are we in a little bit of a time capsule here in Buckingham, West Virginia? Sure. Uh, is it? You know, I think it's more than 20 years here, but that's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's loyalty to some degree. There's, uh, you know, people want to see the community do well, and we don't have another school in the county, so. You know, that really helps us. And I really enjoy that. I've always said since I started coaching that I would like to experience a place where there's one school in the county because you're not fighting other schools, either public or private, and you're just trying to develop who you have. Now, the challenge of a school like like Buchanan Upshur is you're trying to get everybody out of the hallway that can help you to play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a logistic thing for the player because they may live 45 minutes away. Right, because there's one high school in a very large rural county, uh, but like at private school, I imagine most of your kids come from pretty close to school. Most do. Most come from our surrounding area. Um, every now and then you'll get a kid from across town, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's a relationship thing. Their their parents were ministered to by the church that we're attached to, oh, or okay. um, it, you know they they moved that side of town for the parents' job, but they're not going to change the kid's school. They like the school. But most of our kids come from our area, uh, you know, whether it's the West Side, Jacksonville, Baldwin, uh, you know, Murray Hill, McClenny. Mm-hmm. That's mostly where our our kids come from. Um, but no, the thing as you spoke about earlier, kind of the, the poaching thing, like so we're we're next to two bigger private schools that are within our same zip code. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is dominant in football, uh, which they've never came and taken any of our kids. So. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, there is a smaller school near us that, like, a couple of our better basketball players will hop over there, baseball players will hop over there, because um, they're ahead of us in those sports, and that will and we'll lose that kid for and that hurts our enrollment, that hurts the budget, mm-hmm. that hurts everything. So that's kind of what I've been tasked with is like, let's raise the standard here of excellence so we don't lose kids like that anymore. But there were great kids, great families mm-hmm. that we didn't want to lose, but we lost because. Yeah, in, in the past we've gotten beaten by them soundly in those sports, and mm-hmm. they they want to deal with mm-hmm. that anymore. I think competitions is the key. So as a school, you want to be competitive. You want to be the best you can possibly be. And I was talking to to somebody actually. Oh, it was Alex Cork, the principal at Tucker County High School, and he was talking about how they want to be the best in everything. And I think that's the key. Right? You're trying to be the best you can be. In different schools, have different limitations, uh, and so and I think sometimes the rich get richer, especially in private school world. That if that school's having success, then oh yeah, you don't the they recruit like no, they don't. They win, right. they win, and people show up like, yeah, and that's lot. like that's not recruiting, that's winning, mm-hmm. and that's a that gets twisted around and thrown about. Yeah, and that comes and goes though. So, so certain programs will be really good, and then maybe there's a change in leadership, there's a change in the school, and because people aren't dominant forever. People, I remember a couple of years ago, people were saying Alabama is going to be great forever. And now they're still really good, still really but good. that 
and for a long time, and they still they may win the national championship next year. But if, if you are willing to compete and your organization is willing to put forth the financial backing, I think people can get in the game and, and can compete with those people. Yeah, like at the end of the day, like that kind of college football, the same subjects, like it's become an NIL thing. Mm-hmm. It's really that that cat's out of the bag of like, like there's a young man in our town that signed with a very prestigious college, and mm-hmm. when he signs it out of line, he will make three million dollars in NIL money. That is crazy. Like that that's that's happening, and and here's the thing. So like, talk about to compete with Alabama. So like, what Alabama does it a whole lot. I think that's where Saban got so mad at uh, Jimbo is Jim Texas A&M spent. An ungodly amount of money to go five and seven to go five and seven <laughs> or have, whatever they and have those at. kids transfer out. Oh, let's see. Did, Texas A&M did, football record looks up. Didn't quite deal with the whole uh, team chemistry issue. Just went with the recruit by stars type thing, which is to each their own. Look, that guy's got a really good job. Um, but uh, five and seven, we guessed it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> five and seven. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and that's going to be the battle with a lot of these schools. Like, I look at a school, like, where I'm sitting, like, I look at West Virginia University. Like, mm-hmm. if you look Neil Brown in the face and say, I expect you to win 10 games, you're stupid. Mm-hmm. Because Neil Brown doesn't have the assets that right. Right. Alabama has, that Georgia has, that Ohio State has, that TCU has, that Michigan has. Like, look, go look at that Clemson has. Like, there is, there are not a group of boosters that are going to write those checks. Like, I was reading an article the other day. So the University of Texas, which Sark is doing a great job, they'll continue to get better. You know how big their school endowment is? I can Google that. I have a no, computer. No, no. I, I, I know what it is. Okay, what is it? $42 billion in just endowments. Wow. They're, they're one behind Harvard with $51 billion. Wow. Like, and you want to talk about, like, trying to compete. I bet you look at West Virginia University's endowment. I bet you it's nowhere near $42 billion. $42.3 yeah, According okay. to, a new, to new data, this yeah. is according to NPR. Yeah, it has forty-two point three billion dollars endowment. That's what I'm saying. That's just school Jeez. endowment. We're not talking even booster money. We're not talking anything else. Like, you're talking about trying to compete. Good luck. Looking at West Virginia University's endowment. Let's I see. Bet you it's less than West Virginia University endowment. Uh, how much is their endowment? Google's a beautiful thing. So it's not even the same ballpark. It's six hundred and eleven billion. Exactly. Which that's not even, I mean, you're looking at, that's, yeah, that, holy crap. Right, you talk about, in, wow. you're talking about West Virginia University wants to compete, and we, we want to be in the Big 12, and we want to win championships, and win 10, 11 games, like, good luck. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. like if that's a reflective picture, if that's a snapshot of, of what it's going to take, yeah. like, you, then either you need to just go to Conference USA mm. and compete with other schools financially, or you just need to get a realistic picture. Like that's what like I I feel for coaches that are in similar situations like that. I mean, this came to mind because I'm in I'm in West Virginia right now. Yeah, I mean, that's by by factors of hundreds. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, yeah, that's crazy how how much of a difference that is. I remember somebody told me this. I forget who it was. They were, what was it? Dana Holgerson. Somebody asked Dana Holgerson, "What will it take?" To compete with at the time was Oklahoma, like yeah, they were way yeah, up there. Yeah, Baker and there's and I'm, all those, I'll guys. look up there and down it too here in a minute. But yeah, uh, what will it take to compete with Texas, Oklahoma, those people? And he said millions of dollars, basically, because yeah. I, I read something on ESPN the other day about how Georgia 
spends the most of any school on recruiting. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes. I mean, yes. you can be the best X's and O coach in the world. It's a player's game. And mm -hmm. that money is not just facilities. That is the people to manage the recruiting department. Yeah. Of and, those and talk about recruiting departments. So like you play college ball. Can you imagine how much bigger your college effort have had to have been with now the transfer portal? Throw that in the mix. Oh, it's, you've it's had insane. seven more people on your staff. Yeah, it's I mean, just and they would just been transfer portal people think, and recruiting whatever name your title director of recruiting of the southeast or this state or this that like how big your staff has to be like did you see that picture of uh, university of florida's football team at the beginning of the season mm -hmm. so there's the right so they're in the swamp there's a picture and like in the center there's like the players and there's just as many coaches or other staff right, surrounding staff. them there's just as many staff as there were players and that's what it takes that is what, so these days for sure in oklahoma's endowments two point is 2.7 billion right so i mean but you're like you it's it really is it's interesting and i, I hear people not here but well you hear people talk at friends talked about west virginia football and why can't we be better well it's a dollars and cents thing to some degree it really is. i mean you're looking at facilities like, you're looking at recruiting so, you're looking at nil right so if anyone goes after any coach that's in a similar situation and what is talking about west virginia because that's where we're sitting right but like let's go mountaineers like let's look at let's look at neil brown's record prior at troy where he was on an even playing field with finances and what did he do there were like 10 games a year when 10 12 games a year like so yeah. if that's what you have to do like if if you want that situation that's right. what you have to do right i know there's the anomaly vanderbilt's got a huge endowment they just don't care about football um but he is doing a good job clark Lee is doing a, a really good job with what he's been handed um yeah and i, I think to go back like to to go back to high school football i think it takes what we're in my mind like what, what it takes is like the whole looking at private school football so old plant christian academy or any private school or even in their public school it takes everybody if you want to be good at football then there needs to be an understanding of this is what this is going to take and from a financial standpoint from a personnel standpoint who do i get to hire all those things have to come into come into play there yeah like i mean if you start like ground level like okay so and do in the state of florida governor ron DeSantis, praise the lord um is he gonna run for president what do you think i don't know i think there's like that political game with him and trump just makes my head hurt i don't know yeah, trump, I mean, trump's a wrecking ball he just goes through people i know that's why i'm just like <laughs> i don't know what that's going right. to look like i'm just glad he got reelected. so um i'm not a big mask guy um but um Anyway, so like just to start at, so like public school teachers base year one salary in the state of Florida is $47,000. Everywhere? Yes, state of Florida. Really? Statewide. Okay. So that hurt a lot of private schools that were paying the 30, 35s, 36s, mm -hmm. 25s, whatever, you know, all, all over the map. So mm -hmm. now to go as a private school to go get a really good educator that's also a really good coach, you got to spend $55,000. Just is what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, and that's maybe the minimum. I mean, it could be 60, 65, 70. I don't know what some of these schools, I, I don't know other schools. They don't have to disclose that either, so. No, they don't have to. So I don't know what they're paying. And that's fine. Like, great. I'm glad you have it. Good for you. Um, but a lot of private schools can't afford 
because they've set back when I said earlier, they've set their tuition at the step up marker mm-hmm. to get these kids out of that. Mm-hmm. So for you got to raise tuition, whenever you raise tuition, you make everyone angry. That's just welcome to private mm-hmm. school. Um, but in order to get the, then that's to just get the coaches in place. Then you've got to get the facilities in place. And mm-hmm. then you've got to, and that all costs money. Mm-hmm. Like again, money's not the sole solution because hiring a bad person while paying them a lot of money is not a solution. You got to right. hire the right person at the right time with the right, that has an aligned vision of what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Because if the alignment's bad, it will break down. That's why you've got to be very clear and transparent whenever you hire coaches, whether you're a head football coach or an athletic mm-hmm. director of like, this is I want to see, want to see. And this is what will make me happy. And these are the things that would upset me. Like, mm-hmm. these are like, these are my non-negotiables. This is how I want it. This is how it needs to be run. Um, like, I talk about this, like I said, if, if we're ever, this is one of the things I talk about our coaches with. If if we're, if I ever see you losing it on a kid about a situational game thing and you didn't cover it in practice, you need to shut your mouth and own that one mm-hmm. because it's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And all my coaches think in this all abided by that and respect that and they're like no you're absolutely right that that mm-hmm. is on me as a coach to prepare for that mm-hmm. um you know once i kick in football mm-hmm. you know out of bounds playing with two seconds left in basketball you know mm-hmm. first and third situation baseball softball whatever the situation is mm-hmm. um that you're ready for it because if you didn't get them ready for it and then you mm-hmm. didn't cover it and they screwed up like of course they screwed it up mm-hmm. you never covered it mm-hmm. um so and again we're a christian school so um or my first and foremost, we're always going to, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about your personal relationship with him. You're going to share that. And if you're not comfortable sharing that, then um, we might not be a great, great fit. For great you. fit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, situational stuff. It's interesting. I, I'm sure our players wonder here at BU why we spend so much time, like from the 25 to the goal line going in. Well, that's red zones where you score and in overtime, the ball's placed in the 20. So we're going to snap the ball from the 25, the 20, mm-hmm. the 15, 10, 5, 3, 1. Yeah. So it prepares them for that. Uh, now, we lost our overtime game this year, uh, but I was it wasn't because of lack of preparation. I think there were other things that went into that because uh, we spend a lot of time 25 and in. Probably 60% of all offensive team periods during the year is the ball is at the 25 because in 2020, when we str- we we'd average, that was a COVID year. That year was crazy, but we'd average 360 yards of offense a game, but a hard time scoring. So the ball got inside the 25, and the field shrunk, yep, and people harder. played cover zero. Yep. And if we couldn't win a matchup outside, or your route concept, you're trying to rub them, you couldn't yeah. throw and catch it, or they had the extra guy in the box, couldn't run them over, and make a miss. So we work on that a lot now. Yeah, it's um, I'll tell you this at, at Uly, the game changer for us was not being better. We were good in the red zone. Mm-hmm. It was wildcat. It was because of our personnel. That's just what was better for us. But what really changed it was we didn't get caught when we got in the open field finally. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, I read a lot of articles on explosive plays. And if you're able to get explosive plays that end in touchdowns, like mm-hmm. to a game, it's like your only percentage is like 97% or something crazy. Like if you can get two explosive touchdown plays a game mm-hmm. or you don't get caught and they're like 50, 60 yard, whatever, mm-hmm. like the, your winning percentage goes way up. And that was just, we were, I was very fortunate mm-hmm. to have some kids that could, that ran very well mm-hmm. and we found ways to get them the ball in space. And then they did a great job. Like you said earlier, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a player's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I, I've compared our offense last year 
to a couple things. It's like a tank and it's like a boa constrictor. It was like a boa constrictor. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily flashy, but I like the boa constrictor analogy because yeah. it was, we're going to start to squeeze you, especially the last three games a year. It was yeah those five yard runs turned into 15 yard runs mm-hmm. because it's that pressure is just being put on in our style of offense. And that's kind of how I think I, in the age of playing fast, we play slow. <laughs> you know, yep. it's ball control. It's if I look on huddle and we in the total amount of plays for a game for the game are under 150 without even knowing if I had like amnesia, right. I would if I looked on the huddle and we were at 137, we probably won the game because yeah. that's the pace we're trying to play yep. is shorten the game, constrict the opponents. And I think a lot of coaches honestly don't even don't even think in that. Um, don't even use that thought process. Mm. They're thinking so X's and O's versus just like what pace and how do I want to play? What's my identity? Right. I think that um, that's something I spend a lot of time with our coaches with is what is our pace? What is our identity? What does it look like? Are we going to play fast? Are we going right. to slow? Right. Are we going to try to kind of play chess here? Are we, you know, like what, what mm-hmm. are we? Mm-hmm. Are we, are, you know, like our volleyball team is phenomenal. We've won the state championship last four years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, just whenever we really play well, man, like you can't score on us. Our defense is so stinking good. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. Like we're gonna block it, or we're gonna, or we're gonna someone's someone's gonna dig it. Mm-hmm. Like then we're we, we're good enough on the fr- up front um, mm-hmm. in our front line to where if you if we can if we get a set and, and the ability to to get a kill when our we had two girls. Um, Golly, Ella Karen and uh, Mallory Moody, that just like mm-hmm. on the edges, man. If we got a set to them, heads up, mm-hmm. it's coming down and it's coming out hard, and it's just hard. It's, but it all started with defense. Like that was like that's what I noticed. Again, our head coach is much smarter than me in volleyball mm-hmm. and saying, no, this is why we're better. But it's like we were good, we didn't make mistakes, and you couldn't score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for us offensively and therefore program wise, we're going to start with defense. And then our offense is going to help our defense. And yeah, I mean, I think for us here, that's just how it has to work. That yeah. if we're going to start with defense, and then, you know, I've, I've heard defensive people say for years, I was, you know, once defensive coordinator, um, to make the offense drive the ball and make a mistake. Well, we are the, we try to be the antithesis to that. We don't mind 12, 13, 14, 15 play yeah. drives because we're not going to run a ton of plays. But we're going to run them well. So we know how to block them. Good ball security. I mean, the amount of 10 play touchdown drives we've had here in the past two years is really cool because people say, oh, you can't do that in high school. Well, we do it all the time. <laughs> like, right. all the time. And not often. That's a terrible phrase, all the time. We do it often. And, but it's because it's, if that's what you do, you're comfortable there. Hey, the ball's on the, like, we're playing Preston this year, ball's on the five yard line. We don't mind going 95 and just boom, 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 get an explosive run, but then we're back to five, four, six, yeah. one, ten, touchdown. Right. You know, and just that's how we that's how we do it. Yeah, that's that's really hard to do. That speaks to like the discipline of your kids and your coaching staff because that is because a holding call in high school, a ten yard penalty is like a death sentence. That's a punt. A lot of times. Like it really is. So like therefore that's why a lot of schools try to not have long drives to eliminate mm-hmm. the the likelihood of 
Johnny holding somebody. Like mm-hmm. it's just gonna happen. He's gonna reach typically our offensive linemen, and I was one of them. We're not great athletes in space. Mm-hmm. So if we ever have to deal with an edge guy, he's a bad athlete and I mm-hmm. might grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you can find a way to do that is uh, that makes you hard to deal with. And the thing is, is like you're putting pressure on the other team's offense now because they know they're going to get less possessions. Right. So therefore, if I go three and out and I'm right. Johnny sling it five wide, I, I might not get the ball back. Like you might remember this from back in the day. Like y'all are kind of mim- – it's a, the offense is different, but mimicking like when West Nassau was good. Like oh, yeah, that, du- that double, that double tight, double wing. Like, you're you, the ball like they're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna get one possession a quarter. You're gonna get four possessions. If you just score twenty eight points, like they're gonna win. Right. Like it was, they were hard to play. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's similar to when you, when I watch you guys on film, I'm like, it's similar. Like, I, I, man, if I, if I go three and out, like I'm in trouble. Yeah, and we're just gonna try to squ- slowly squeeze you right until the game's over, yeah. and. uh you know, at our level, people are playing both ways, and the plays aren't exotic. We don't run exotic plays, but but depends who you ask, man. I mean, belly is like a lost art in high school football these days, <laughs> at least in Florida. Well, think, everyone's in the gun, man. Yeah. Everybody's in the gun. Yeah, we off tackle, ISO, off tackle, ISO, toss, dive, play action. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love, but I I love traditional gap scheme, power counter. Just depends on who. What's your personnel there? So, oh yeah, for two years we haven't had the guys that are super mobile at those guard spots. Yeah, uh, we may have a little more. We will have more mobility there going forward. So that may be something we add back to the mix. Yeah, no, that definitely depends on what y- your personnel. And that's it always going to be. You got to have your identity, but yes, yet be flexible enough to change. Especially high school, it's like sometimes yeah. it walks in the door. Like, oh, that's not what I thought I was walking the door. Yeah, I mean we're. We had this conversation last offseason, and we'll have it again. Our philosophy on offense is run the football, quick passing game, play action. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quick passing game last year went away, went all the play action. But if you have – depends on your personnel, obviously, like we just said. Right. But run the football, play action. But how you do that, yep, it can change. Like what formation is that? What does that look like? But that's the philosophy. Run the football. I want to get back to having a quick passing game as well and then play action. And you can you have a drop back or two? Sure. But that's usually, for me, that's off the play action because we're under center. Yeah, so, so the quick passing game, I always think it's funky. So, like, this is something we, I struggle with. So, so we ran the ball well at, at Yuli. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, you got a lot of the good teams adjusted and went one or zero. They got an extra guy in the so box. So your quick passing game is died. So your quick passing game is dead, but it's press. And I'm running the ball a lot because my superior athletes are running the ball. My not as superior athletes are right. out wide. Not that they're bad players, but like especially like in Duval County, like we're playing, you know, inner city public school sometimes that can just lock you up at DB because that kid's going to UCF, that kid's going to USF, and that kid's going to Florida. And it's like, right. oh, oh, crud. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now I got extra in the box. Mm-hmm. So what we ended up attempting to do was when instead of our quick passing game became screen. Yeah. 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 Like That's that, it stuff. became a screen game. Like that was and not the perimeter screen. There were back screens a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Our perimeter, because it was, it was, they were like right in our face. Like there's no airspace to throw a bubble, mm-hmm. to throw now. Like there just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it became back screens and different ways to like all right so we would motion the back out and now make 
So let's say we had two receivers to the top of the field. We motion the back of their way and throw it to them. And that was essentially our quick passing game slash toss. Mm-hmm. Because we mm-hmm. quick passing it, that was our quick passing because we didn't have any. Mm-hmm. So that was always a struggle for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, shoot, but, I think I think we're being called to eat some lunch, is what I've uh, That sounds fantastic. I, yeah, we're, we're good guys. Grab something to eat. But Caleb, thank you for coming on and thank sharing you your me. wisdom. Yeah. Uh,